But we thought we would, you know, bring this to you today because if you can have a good physical understanding and get prepared, if you have a good mental understanding, get prepared, you have a good gear understanding and be prepared. Well, then those are the three things your guide and you can communicate together and get as close on this dial as possible. Okay. Um, and you can, the more honest with yourself, the better you are. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. You're welcome for the clapboard. I just didn't remember if you know how to do this after. Oh, man. I remember how to do it. I didn't need the clapboard, but the clapboard was good. Take still need to bring you a real one. Take 432,794. Good to be back in the saddle, right? good to be back in the saddle. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We're happy to have you here today. We're referencing the fact that we've been out for two weeks, and actually – it would have been longer than that. We were supposed to get home tonight at 11.20. Our flight was going to land, uh, but we uh, accelerated that and uh, brought us uh, home a little earlier. Uh, got out of camp. Not because uh, not we were in a hurry, hurry to get out of camp, but it's just stars aligned. There was a lot of uh, – it, it, I don't know if we should timestamp this, but maybe we should. It's fall of – it's August of 2023. So if you're listening to this in a year from or two from now, there's been an epic amount of fires in northern Canada, Yukon, British Columbia, and uh, Northwest Territories. And they actually evacuated Yellowknife. So the hardest part of us getting back was we were trying to get around below the evacuation, but – it yeah. jumped over us. It played hopscotch. We, we had to actually book on a different airline. Wow. Yeah, we had to book on a different airline to get our to get back. And then otherwise it was going to be because flights were getting canceled and things were getting moved around. And so we went, ah, we should probably get out of here before this gets uh, um, Yellowknife really starts that, you know, uh, big migration. Well, what did we didn't know when we started it, we found out afterwards, is that Yellowknife had already evacuated the whole town. Yeah, it you know, was deserted. Yeah, and so Doesn't and mean. they took them all to Calgary. Yeah, and so then we're trying to fly, find uh, rooms in Calgary and trying to get to Calgary, and we had to go through uh, uh, Vancouver to get there, and then we had to change to Canada Air versus Air North. It was just a, it was it was a little bit of well, a logistical, yeah. but you know what? Uh, good news is we're good at managing logistics. You know, you know I gotta say it was uh, so we flew on three different airlines up there. Air North is pretty a pretty sweet little airline, isn't it? Reminds me of um, they used to have an airline out of Milwaukee called uh, I think it was Midwest Midwest Express, um, and every time you got on, every chair was like first class all the way back. Yeah, and every time you got on, you got a hot cookie, um, and it was really good. And they had hot cookies. Oh, they it. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's the Yukon airline. Yeah. Wow. Just to remind all the new folks, because we got a lot of new listeners that drop in on us out of the 50,000 downloads that we have. So you want to just mention that you guys were uh, hunting fan and sheep and other species in Canada. So we'd actually vetted an outfitter 
uh, three years ago. Um, and, and that's actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because so, so we vetted an outfitter three years ago and it was one of the outfitters that we didn't um, uh, make an appearance for vetting. We have 150 uh, step process to our vetting uh, process and we'd actually vetted them through that process and nobody had ever been there. And we'd had clients go in, had great success, everything was good. Uh, it had gotten sold and some rapid waters had moved over the ownership scenario. And so Brad and I were like, you know what? The best thing to do right now would be to book a hunt with them, go up and check out the new ownership and the new process. So what we did was um, we <laughs> booked a hunt and we went up there on a fan and sheep hunt. And so we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, yeah, right. Well, actually, we've taken copious notes and and we'll talk about the hunt and share the details because it was an amazing hunt. Um, we uh, by day five, we had three animals down. OK, which is always really good. Uh, double shovel caribou uh, in full velvet, 66 inch bull moose uh, was piebald and an incredible fan and sheep. Uh, that was uh, arguably 11 years old. Um, and so uh, you're going to hunt a lifetime more and never see a moose like you shot. Right. I mean, the, it, and so yeah, I've heard rumors, but, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Rumors are right. We'll talk about that in another uh, um, episode. But today, what we wanted to do without uh, continuing to be digressed uh, today, what we'd like to do is um, talk about the three legs under the stool that bring the stability to matching the hunter to the hunt when um, when uh, when developing a process to make sure that the hunter gets what he expects and kind of the dichotomy or the chemistry behind that. Does that make sense? And so what we got is we have three legs here that we'll call under the booking stool. And the booking stool would be supported by a three-leg stool that we would say would be solid that you sit on, and it's exactly what you expected when you sit down. So those three legs we're going to talk about in order would be a physical understanding of the hunt, okay, which um, goes into geographical location, transportation in, transportation out, transportation during the hunt. Um, what does it actually, what does that physical uh, understanding and expectation of the hunt uh, actually represent, okay? Number two. Yeah, and it's different for everybody. 100%. Like. The, the guide I ended up with, his physical part wasn't the backpacking. He could hardly walk after a day of riding a horse, and he didn't want to ride a horse anymore. Right. It's, it's, it's all that. We're going to talk about yeah. that because it's more than just it, no different than if you're booking a uh, um, fishing adventure, and you, stand, you planned on standing in a stream, and you get there, and you find out you're going to be in John Boats out on flats uh, fly fishing northern, not um, uh, – not, uh, uh, you know, doing uh, what's the ones that run in the Brule River just south of the the big steel steelheads, steelhead, yeah. so, right? So, so you're planning on a steelhead hunt and standing in the stream uh, with a fly rod, running spawn sacks, and you get there and you're doing streamers in the flats trying to uh, catch big northerns. It's yeah. there's there's a significant yeah. disconnect yeah. between the physical understanding of what that hunt represented because some people hate boats. Right. And so anyway, I, I'm, I'm using an example, an analogy, because you're exactly right. Brad. Yeah. Number two, mental understanding or mental expectation. OK. And there's there's a lot to that. 
And uh, what we're trying to do is give you guys all content that we created from our trip this time because there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of value in us being up there and understanding this, and we learn something every time. And we've always said we match the hunter to the hunt. Well, how does that work? And I think this was a uh, super enlightening experience, illuminating, illuminating, <laughs> exactly. And so the mental understanding of the hunt or the mental expectation and then the gear understanding of your hunt or the gear expectation. Now, inside of that, I wrote down six components in each one of those legs on that stool. Physical understanding would be what kind of shape you're in physically for this hunt. Is it shit shape? You saw I have bad above it. (laughs) But we'll stick with shit shape. Um, Fair shape. Good shape. And I'm not talking about the shape of a pear because some people think, you know, good shape is the shape of a pear. Uh, great shape, best shape, and sheep shape. So I think there's six levels of physical ability that you have to understand. And sheep shape is probably most of the sheep guides. Yeah. And, and you, I, know, you know how you get in sheep shape? Yeah, get, go back to 22. And sheep hunt. And sheep hunt, Right. Yeah, it's very interesting because I had my sh- oldest guide I've ever had, 36. And that wouldn't be the oldest guide I've ever had, however. On a sheep mount. Well, yeah, I had 41. Who was that? John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he he looks younger than he is. He does look younger than he yeah. is. And you had Jeff. And he married. And Jeff was older. <laughs> and Jeff Jeff defies the odds, that little that little. Bummer. Yeah, because Jeff's built for it. Yeah. You know, he's he's six foot. Uh, his frame is 155 pounds. He's Lucas Maiman at 21. Yeah. You know, 150 pounds, six foot one. But those guys are going up and down and up and down and up and down all summer long. Well, even oh, dude. even like, like no, not all summer long necessarily. Like last uh, two years ago when I when I was on my well, sheep hunt. All season hunt, long, I guess. My sheep on my, I was at 11.5. And uh, he was 30, 31, I think at the time. And he goes... Because we, I went in what four or five days early, and and we just, we just started little stuff, little hikes out, and and the day before the season started, he goes, yeah, he goes, these poor buggers that get me at the end of the season, I'm I'm used to eleven five at then, and I'm just used to running up and down this. He goes really hard for them because we're, you know, because at that point, even at even at eleven five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're counting our yeah. steps on some of that super steep yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we got to get to this spot and then yeah. we'll catch our air. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just getting to that spot that's right. the challenge. But but they do they get a wow. sheep hunt all year and you can't replicate that. Mm-mm. It's really hard to replicate that, especially that uh, the rhubarb at the bottom. You know when you're busting through mm. that stuff. Mm. That I didn't. That was the muscles that I noticed that were the least developed for this hunt for me. Well, that's an aerobic workout because you, you got your arms engaged and pushing shit away while your knees are coming yep. up, and it's hour of that. And then you get above and you get on the mattress, I call it. And then you're walking on the mattress, and then you're engaged in your hips, um, and they're just screaming at you. Anyway, so number two, the second leg, mental understanding, okay? Um, and I would say there are six components of that. You have a bad understanding of what the hunt's going to need physically. You have some understanding. You have a fair understanding. You have a good understanding. You have a great understanding. And then you have the guide's understanding. 
And the guide's always the final in, uh, uh, you know, component. And, and we should actually mark this more of a wilderness hunt. We can dub this any type of hunt, but we're talking more of a wilderness, right. physically demanding hunt today. I right. think that's a good, good point to make. Yeah. And then, and then the, last, the last part of this component when it comes to wilderness hunting and getting the hunter matched with the hunt is the gear understanding. And you have a bad understanding of the gear needed, a fair understanding of the gear needed, a good understanding of the gear needed, a great understanding, the best understanding possible, and then the guide's understanding. And those would be the six components of that leg of the stool, if you will. I would, I, I, this, the gear understanding, I had the most illuminating, if you will, <laughs> uh, perspective. Because one company has really taken over in this market, in the gear. And the, every, everybody up there was wearing it. Yeah. And everybody was looking it at It starts with a K, and it has a UE in it. I wasn't going to say who mm -hmm. it was. No, that's okay, because you know what? Their rain gear, and then uh, the other one was the other island it was named after, because there was two islands, yeah. two buddies started the one company, yep. and then spin off and do the other company. Well, I will tell you this, my rain gear, and I know you've said the same thing, so I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder, but it, our rain gear, the <laughs> your guide and my guide said one thing on 20 miles apart in the middle of the Yukon. Holy shit, what kind of rain gear is that that yeah. you have? Yeah, and gators. The Gators, I took I, my I, pants off, and my pants were dry. And he was like, are you kidding me? I, I, I took my uh, – because I actually – I ripped my Gators off, and I said, oh, my gosh, guys, look at my pants. They go, holy expletive. Right. And they go, your pants are dry down there. How – Was that the my, Paramount? Paramount? No. Paramount rain gear yeah. and then XKG oh. Gators. Yeah. But yeah. He, he poured water. Scott poured water out of his boots. Just poured it. Mm. Yeah. Well, the willows is what gets you wet. The willows killed him. The willows yeah. is what gets you wet because yeah. when 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 uh, we had the same thing, we had to come down through the middle of uh, right after a rainstorm and a lightning storm had passed through. And when you're above Alpine, looking down into Alpine, and the lightning literally is cracked. When it's wet and your body is soaked and the hair on your hands are standing up from the static oh, electricity, geez. you know you're close to you're getting zapped. Bad shape. <laughs> Yep. But what are you gonna do? I said. I said to my guide, "Where should we go?" He goes, "You're 53. You tell me." He's a 23 year old guy, right? He go. I go. Well, I go. Fuck. I don't know. He goes. You got the lightning rod on your back, so I'm fine because I had a rifle on my back, right? I'm like, oh my god, I'm setting this down and getting away from it. Yeah. So it was. It, yeah, yeah. I just threw my back. We had, we had oh. terrible weather. Oh yeah. Anyway. Well, it's funny because it it was so hot and smoky. Until the day we went in. Yeah, and then it rained and rained and rained. Rained and snowed. And rained and, rained and, and snowed and hailed. And hailed. And, yeah, lightning. and lightning. Lots and lots of lightning. The first night in camp, I literally, I heard boom, boom, boom. This thunderhead was rolling through, and we'd made it, uh, we'd made it to the top of the first mountain. Um, right, well, two-thirds of the way up, but we were on a peak that we were glassing in two bowls. It was a saddle. Yeah. And we were glassing in two bowls. So we'd made it where he wanted to make it. I was exhausted. I just laid down there and, oh, my God. I think I lost 22 pounds of water weight climbing up here. Jeez. Anyway, all of a sudden I hear boom. And, you know, I'm counting the oh, Iowa trick. And maybe yeah, how it's many seconds between, between the lightning yeah. and the thunder. And I got to two, and I'm like, 
That's not good. Nope. <laughs> and then the wind came in. I'm literally holding my vestibule like this and the back of my uh, uh, big Agnes tent like this. So I got one arm over my head holding that and one holding my vestibule. And it is just ripping this storm. And I did that for an hour and 15 minutes. My arms are so tired. Um, and then it finally passed through and got yeah. through. And it was, it was, yeah, that was the first night. It, the, literally the, the, the eye of the storm went right over that mountain. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. So, anyway, it doesn't matter. Lightning. All yeah, we added had, to the We experience. had extreme weather for sure. We did. Yeah. So, so, now, how do, you, how do you match the hunter to the hunt? How do, you, how do we sell a hunt to a guy who says, I want a sheep hunt, I want a moose hunt, I want a wilderness hunt, right? I want a mixed bag wilderness hunt. And we get those three elements right for him. Right. That's the trick here. Because if one of those elements is more than three notches off, so if you're in shit shape and you need to be good or a great shape for this hunt, that's going to be a limiting factor in your hunt. Right. If you're in fair shape and you need it to be the best ever shape of your life, that's going to be a limiting factor of your hunt. Right. And if you're in good shape and your guide is 23, former pro athlete in, in the best shape of his life and eats this shit up, like this is what he does. He wants to not take a shower for 93 days a year. And he's pissed if he has to go to town. Right. There's going to be – that there's a big enough disparity there that's going to create issues or at least obstacles or, or, or some type of strain physically. So when we were flying in, uh, I sat by a guy who was going sheep hunting and he was super worried about, he was super worried about how good a shape he was in. And he was a former competitive triathlete. Jeez. <laughs> he looked like he looked like just sinew and muscle too. I was like, oh, he's like, I, I just, I don't, you know, he's our age. <laughs> but that's that's the difference maker. Is now he's our age. Well, and, the, he, and he knew. So then there was the uh, element of age that is absolutely uh, a limiting factor. Well, and he also was concerned about shooting because he was into the shooting thing. Yeah. Well, and and there you go, age and shooting, the ability. Um, uh, but we'll talk about that here in a second. I think that that probably could have been the fourth stool under there yeah, cause is he, your, your ability to shoot. Cause you got a gear understanding, a mental understanding, a physical understanding. You could have put a fourth stool under a uh, fourth leg under the stool and called it a shooting understanding. What, what type of shooting you're going to have to do and what's your ability to shoot there? Because I will tell you this, when you look at a guide and uh, you uh, um, say, yeah, I can make that shot, and you're 600 yards away, and he goes, what? And you can go, anywhere between here and there, we can stop anytime because uh, we will kill it. It adds an element of enthusiasm to a guide's day because he wants to kill. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that on the Badlands Precision University uh, <laughs> podcast a couple of them back. Yeah, we because they thing. because when I said to him we got seven forty away, I said I could make that shot. I'm a little worried about this caliber, um, as my um, as as uh, um, some of my uh, buddies would think I'm a little effervescent with the the uh, small caliber I shoot. And I do want to let the world know that I did shoot a uh, my largest moose today with a six Creedmoor. So I'll probably get a lot of hate mail on that. All right. Um, but it, I hit it three times in 
took out both lungs. And he goes, he goes, you think that'll kill it? And I looked at the guide and I said, well, let's just take out both his lungs and see if he can live. Because yeah. yeah. he can't. Yeah. But well, we're going to go ahead and just shoot both lungs out. Yeah. And, well, here's, here's something um, to think about, too, though. You shot him. I don't know. You saw my shots because we videoed it. Yeah. I, I, I assume your follow-up shots were extremely quick. Super quick. And, and the reason that you could do that so effectively, even with a small caliber, quite frankly, I've shot, I've shot moose with big guns. And they don't just, unless you disrupt their CNS, they don't just fall over and say, okay, you got me. Right? They're a big animal. They, they live a bit after you shoot them. Yeah. And I don't think they're, I think they're quite easy to kill. In comparison to an elk, Elk seems to have more desire to stay alive. To stay alive. And 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 to get away whatever the said yep. bite was. Okay, I'm going to wherever whatever happened here, I don't like it and I'm going to be in the next county as fast as I can. Moose are not that way in my experience. But you were able to follow up. And the reason you you didn't I I suspect your first shot would have cleanly done that. Mm -hmm. But it's like me. I shot twice and I didn't need to shoot twice. But well, I'm normally not that guy, but with 108 grain, I was like, let's just get 300 and uh, uh, 24 grains. I am that guy. So. I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I would have shot yours five times. <laughs> I know. I, I know it. Uh, maybe uh, I should have. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, after packing that sucker out. So anyway, um, so then the metal understanding, you have none or a bad understanding, some understanding, a fair understanding, a good understanding, a great understanding. And then the guide's understanding. And, and the reason I'm going through this is because if you're listening to this, maybe you want to back it up and write these down. Because let's say you're not using us as a booking agent. We ask you all these questions through our hunt plan process. And by the way, this is not a solicitation for our software, but it is absolutely 100% the reason we put our software in place to ask the questions we ask, because this has been thought through. But this was never more evident when you and I were sitting on the mountain a world apart and you were on a horseback hunt and I was on a oops we don't have a guide coming in and you're going on a backpack hunt and uh, um, and uh, I hope it works out you know what I'm saying because everybody thinks because we own the booking agency we're going to get the red carpet rollout okay that's true until we have guides with us or other hunters with us and maybe not even true all the time even when we don't have other hunters with us because a lot of times they look at us and go okay we'll see if these guys are tough enough we'll find out what they're made of so there's sometimes a little vinegar to the fact that we're a booking agent and for some reason outfitters hate paying a booking agent they'll go spend four thousand dollars to go to a weekend at sci but then they don't want to pay a booking agent 10 or 15 percent and just so everybody listening knows our rule is if we have to charge you to book at that location let's say it's one of these places that says you get two spots for your outfitters and we're an elite outfitter we don't need booking agents but we like to have you in our back pocket you can book for us but okay you're going to have to put your commissions on top of it we will disclose that to you that this is one of the outfitters that we've basically That's quite rare yeah it, it well we only have three of them yeah. out of 500 four of them out of 500 but there's a few that um, our clients want to get into, so we do. But otherwise, it costs our hunters, it costs our members nothing. And to be quite frank, we negotiate discounts for them to try to get them in there and uh, develop this relationship. But anyway, I'm digressing, um, which I typically do. Uh, however, my point to this is that we don't always get the uh, – 
red petal rose, you know, yeah. rollout. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was one of those hunts. Now, was it a great hunt? Yes. Was there a lot of game? Yes. Was it uh, amazing? Yes. Were there some variables that we got thrown at us because the outfitter was in a unique situation? Yes. And so when when I was sitting there talking to Brad through the Delorum, it was evident that there was um, some understanding of this. So my point to this, with all that rhetoric I just spewed, is that maybe what you do is back this up and go, okay, am I in shit shape? Am I in fair shape? Am I in good shape? Am I in great shape? Am I in the best shape of my life? Am I in sheep shape? And where, who's the one deciding that? Hmm, maybe I should call Rolling Bones. They booked it for me and have an honest conversation to see where I'm at on that scale. Hmm, maybe I should call the outfitter. I have the outfitter's name and find out where I'm at on that scale to see exactly what their expectations of me are so we have the clear understanding of where I'm at and where they're at so we can make the right assessment for my hunt and approach it the right way physically. Mentally, the same way. Do I have no understanding of this business, uh, of, of, of the business that I'm going into, what I'm up against? Do I have some understanding? Do I have a fair understanding? Do I have a good understanding? Do I have a great understanding? And do I understand it like the guide would? And these are also things that you could say, hey, I want to have, uh, I, I think I have a fair understanding, but I'd like to have a great understanding. I'd like to talk to my guide and have a guide's understanding. And a lot of times, even though you think you know exactly where you're at on this six rung stool that you're built there might be discrepancy between you and the guide that's going to be the biggest thing because <laughs> you, you always want to try to get in the best shape that you can um and and like we've got a hunter just now that he's he's in trouble because he just fractured his arm he's got a he's got a yeah and he called and said hey listen i got, I got a, a problem oh uh, yeah <laughs> That's what he said. I have you. a serious issue. I have a situation. And I'm like, oh, what situation? He sends me a picture and he shattered his elbow. And he's going on a sheep hunt in five weeks, four and a half weeks. Yeah. So I always said in my financial services business, you know, as, as we grew that company, one thing that was for sure to me is that 100% of success was communication and preparation to what you're speaking to, Brad. Yeah. If, if you can communicate and be prepared, you're going to win. You're going to win the game. You're going to have some type of success. It's when there's, uh, it's when there's no communication or there, there's the lack of or the communication gets lost in translation and you can't be prepared for it. Right. I'll give you a t t total fairness, okay? Day four, we summited the third peak. And we looked into the one, two, three, four, fifth bull. No sheep. And I said, okay, what's next? Where are we going? That knife's edge for seven miles. I said, okay. The packer he had was quitting or they were getting rid of him or he couldn't do it. I had no packer. I'm 53 years old. I don't want to quit on my hunt. But here's what I know. That knife's edge, me and an 80-pound pack, are absolutely 100% not in my preparation or communication. Right. And so what I didn't want to do is bail on the hunt, okay? Or as he called it, crater the hunt. The guide doesn't want that. He wants to keep going. But he's 23 years old, two years from the NHL draft. Two years from a full-ride scholarship at Boston and North Dakota. <laughs> UND. Yeah, oh, UND. Wow. So this kid, you saw him. <laughs> he's a professional athlete. Well, yeah, well, his best friend. 
was your Wrangler. Was my Wrangler, air quotes. And he's built like a brick shit house. I was like, yeah, 6'4". I was like, because he, he pulled his shirt off the first day. Friggin' ripped. <laughs> I was like, you little shit. Yeah, not little either. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so now, you know, and he was doing a great job. My guy, uh, Brandon, was doing a fantastic job. But I got to look at that knife's edge, and I got to go, okay, we have one of two choices. We either descend and we go up the drainage, and I'll keep going with you, and I'll keep fighting this 80-pound pack. But I don't think I'm going to get there. Well, that's, but, the, but other, I that's the other problem. You got to know your physical limitations. Because 80 pounds wasn't what we were prepared for. Right. The preparation and communication. Right. And, and not what we expected and not what we expect. Quite frankly, I don't want to send most of our sheep hunters. I'll save you the details. With 80-pound packs. But see that? You still can't see my ankle bone five days later. <laughs> That's a cankle bone. That's a cankle bone, and I don't have cankles. That sucker, if I showed you my other one, you'd go, that's what an ankle should look like. Yeah. And so that's five days later. So just so you guys know, I just threw my ankles up on the table. Um, now my hamstrings are hurting. <laughs> my legs are screaming against from the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but here's the reality. So I'm 53 years old. I have a super bad ankle. I'm willing to do these hunts. I'm willing to grind it out. I'm willing to go. That knife's edge and side hilling that for the next seven kilometers in two days was an absolute no-go for me, and I wasn't prepared, and so we had to reroute. So I called the guide, and I said, hey, listen, I know we discussed this, and this is why sat phones and DeLoreums on wilderness hunts, in my opinion, are a must. If you're going to spend this type of money, you're the captain. Right. This is your hunt. And I said to the guy, he goes, well, you're going to have to call the outfitter. And I said, I have no problem with that. Um, and you know what? I said, you either need to get me out of here or we need to reroute this hunt and figure this out. And he said, well, I can't get in there until X day. And I said, okay, perfect. No problem. Can't change that. Okay, he's got, I got a lot of things back here. Just killed the caribou. <laughs> I'm shuttling caribou meat. One of your uh, clients did. I don't have another plane that can get in there, yada, yada, yada. And uh, <laughs> you're a day from any airstrip anyway, day and a half. So that's fine. And his advice was stay high, keep hunting. And I'm like, perfect. I'm going to stay super high. We'll keep hunting. But I'm not running that knife sets for seven miles. So sit down with the guide. What's our plan? Okay, here's our plan. Let's, let's head north on that hog's back, and let's run that as far as we can. And you can get around those two peaks side hilling. Yep, let's do it. And then we'll look in that back drainage from the other way we came up. Perfect. Guess what? Day five, coffee in the morning. We spot a giant moose three and a half miles away down the drainage. So we stayed up high, ran all the way around to him, stayed way above him. <laughs> Because we weren't going to lose elevation and then decided to descend 1,000 feet in six seconds to get down there wow. to shoot the Ooh. son of a sucker. Boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. No, it was yeah. boom, 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 boom. All four of my clip. Hmm. And one, one, uh, um, one hit his horns. Oh, that's all right. No, well, that's he was – well, here's why. Gives him character. The third one, by the third – the third one, we're digressing here. But the third one, he was doing the uh, – I'm a giant animal and I don't have any air and he was wobbling and I was trying to get one more into him and I was going to put it in his neck. <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying? At right. that point, just get, if I could break his, you know, just yeah. tip him over, tip him over. Right. Cause he was, and, and so I, I, it made a loud wallop and he went directly down. But when we got up to him, it had hit his, uh, oh, yeah. it, the bullet had hit the horn and shattered into his face. So. 
Well, it was, it's interesting because the mental and physical preparation, there's a lot of overlap in those yep. and, and capability. Like with my hunt, my guide and myself were extremely dissimilar on those graphs. It caused a lot of conflict. Right, because physically he hates horses. He's afraid of them. And he's afraid he's of them. He's never been on one. So mentally he's locked up by the transportation. He's, he's the backpacking expert. Right, so he had a, a mis- his mental understanding of what he was good at was being challenged. Right. What you're great at on a, a bad understanding, some understanding, fair understanding, good understanding, great understanding, and a guide's understanding of a horseback hunt, you have a great understanding, maybe even a guide's understanding. Right. So you're super high on that. Right. And you're not going to, uh, you know, you, you, that if that's a, if that's a, um, a revolutions per minute uh, tachometer. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're none, some, fair, good, great guide. You're, you're at the highest level. On right. That. And he was at the beginning level right and, and caused conflict <laughs> right but he was a skinny guy who'd already done a sheep hunt right so when it came to ratcheting up the mountain right let's go i'm a bunny rabbit right and you were in probably uh good shape for this hunt. yep not great shape not great shape not sheep and not shape. fair shape yep and damn sure not best shape of your life no and and no way were you close to sheep shape no but you were in good shape yep i would say i went in in good shape uh, five and a half miles a day um, in under an hour. I could ratchet along like crazy. Yep. My legs were strong. Um, I, yeah, was I did a lot of elevation. You were doing – because especially with your move, you got you had that big hill. I had that big hill. I was chasing yeah. that sucker down. Yeah. Lindley was like – Lindley went with me one day, and I was running up it. One day. And she was like <laughs> – she was like puking on the way home. And Lindley's like – because, I mean, because she was like trying to keep up. And I'm like, you don't have to keep up. I'll run back and come down. And, you know, bullheaded Lindley. Um, <laughs> she ain't ever going to be showing up. We Boy. were coming back. Yeah. We were about 300 yeah. yards from our property. She's like, I'm not doing this again with you. <laughs> oh, man. And then, then the next day she goes, I'll go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Bailey did uh, Crow Peak with Jackson after, because I'd been doing Crow Peak with Jackson, right? Right. And uh, she went up after I was, while I was hunting, and she goes, Dad does this. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you were in good Ooh. shape. Yeah, I was, I in, good, I was in good shape. Yeah, but, I was in good shape. But, but I'll never be in the best shape of my life. It's not cap- I'm not capable of ever doing that again. Yeah, probably not because you were you're comparing that to being a college athlete. Yeah, so so I was in good shape. You were in good shape. My uh, outfitter was in sheep shape. Your outfitter was in fifty percent sheep shape as far as climbing the mountain, but he was in shit shape um, because his understanding, his mental understanding, yeah. or his ability to use horses yeah. was suspect. Right. But by the end of the trip. Didn't he say, I've never been so happy to see a horse in my life? Well, the the day we, I think we did uh, 16 and a half miles and we came across that big willow bottom. And uh, he goes, because the Wrangler couldn't get the horses to us for whatever, he was afraid of them. And he goes, he goes, well, there's a major, major improvement already on day four. Because I've never been happy to see a horse in my life, and I've never been so happy to see a horse right now. <laughs> I bet he was. So his mental understanding is <laughs> getting better. Uh, so, yeah, so he was getting it figured out, man. So then, um, just just real quick yeah. before you move on to the last circle, there the mental understanding. I yes. just wanted to make sure that well, I'm I think clear we should come back and talk about all of them. Okay, was, but go ahead. But are you referring to your? state of mind or your intellectual comprehension or both? I, I think both. I think wilderness hunts, there's an intellectual comprehension and it's, it is developed by your involvement. 
It's like anything doing else. It. Doing, doing it. it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, even in the wilderness sense, I have the weirdest damn dreams. I have oh, the really? most freaking bizarre dreams yeah. Yeah. on these wilderness sense. Usually it's later in the hunt. So I got to mm-hmm. tell you, mm-hmm. mine's day three to day seven usually, day nine. And I said something to my guide. I go, Brandon, do you ever get weird dreams? He looks at me. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, they're the <laughs> best. You learn to embrace them. He goes, I think it's the air. It's the altitude. It's the I was air. Say. He goes, I think <laughs> it's the air. He goes, dude, are yours in 3D? Yeah. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, are they in 3D? And they're this fifth element bullshit stuff that's way out there right and uh um and i get the same thing the the wilderness mares yeah. <laughs> yeah mine usually come like at the end of a long night but i was i had a lot of weird dreams yeah well you're weird yeah. so anyway Thank you. <laughs> so but no the mental understanding i think your intellect is a big part of it too because if you've done it before you're more prepared and uh um and, I, you know, the mountains can always be intimidating, but the reality is mountains aren't that intimidating when you break them down in chunks. No, you just grind it out. Yeah, you just grind it out because you go, oh, you look at the mountain, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to get to the top of that. Th- that's not the intimidating part. You can get to the top of it. It's just chunk by chunk. Especially by chunk. you got you to get through the first couple of days. So that's, I, I told my guy, I said, hey, I'm ratcheting up this. I'm going in four low. As soon as I start to feel too much of a burn, I don't, what I don't want to do is be hurting later. Right. I might take some small breaks. Well, he need he needed <coughs> he needed some too. He was ahead of me, but he was good with that because it kept him. Feeling and he was good he too. was he was happy yeah. happy to take a break too. Yeah, it's it's like you know I I reference it. it's like going skiing with a guy who's been skiing all year and he's a world class skier. Right. Okay. He 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 makes it look easy. He drops down off of a double black. He he runs into a shoot. He stops, turns around, looks, and you're fighting it all the way down and trying to look half as good as he's looking. Or maybe you look just as good, but your legs aren't under you yet. And you get next to him, and you're like, okay, break. And he's like, fuck you, gone. Shoom! And he takes off, and he flies down the mountain. And you're like, I didn't even get rested. Well, skiing's the same, <laughs> skiing's the same deal, man. You're at, you're at Winter Park, 12,000. I used to do level nine bump lessons, and those guys live there. Right. It's different. It's just it's different. Just different. They are in such good shape, right? So, so you know? I think that you know the mental understanding comes from that, and then the mental understanding too of what you can actually handle, and 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 you not trying to think you're on the short bus when you're on your own bus. And what I mean by that is Brad was exactly right. Okay, my first two days of this hunt, I'm putting in four low. You know what I yeah, do? Yeah, I totally get that. I go twenty yards right there. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to stop 20 yards. I'm going to get to that and stop 30 yards. I'm going to get to that and stop 40 yards. I'm going to get to that. Your first day you're in no rush. Anyway, you just got to get up on top because you're not hunting down at the bottom. Right. You got to get into it. You got, you got to get where you got to get. And, and so just ratchet away, start Mm. ratcheting. Mm. And then, and then when you're like my, my second day, we're we're slipping around the edge of a mountain and we're side hilling and we're two thirds the way up, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe three quarters of the way up, and uh, and you see a dead sheep laying there because he fell off the mountain. That's a little depressing. Mm. So mentally, no. <laughs> but but you're like, wow. holy sh- Sheep can't did, make it. Sheep didn't make it. <laughs> Must have been a snowy winter. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he stood on the the far side of a cornice. Woo! <laughs> been close. We well, were to talking that. about Kevin. 
Wow. That you were talking to Kevin. You were talking to Kevin recently? Yeah, we, we yeah. have a text dialogue all oh. the time. Well, he's a good dude, and we were on this nasty place, and I was like, I said, Kevin, I don't think we can get out of here. And he goes, no, no, there's no way we can get back the way we came. And I go, does it bother you, all the dead sheep we've seen? He goes, I'm sure it happened in winter. And it was probably <laughs> icy in here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you hope. That's, uh, that's, that's what you that's tell hoping, yourself. man. Yeah. So, anyway. And gravity wins. Um, and so the other thing I was fighting is I've been fighting a respiratory thing, which I give to Brad, obviously, in the, an airplane or something. But I've been fighting a respiratory thing, so catching my lung, you know, catching my breath the first couple of days. But anyway, so physical, mental, uh, physical understanding, mental understanding of the hunt, and then the gear understanding um, is uh, the third element. And I think that that is you have uh, bad gear or wrong gear. You could say bad gear or wrong gear. You have fair gear, you have good gear, you have great gear, you have the best gear, and then you have the guide gear. And I say the guide gear because the guide gear is usually the right gear. Yeah. It's not just the best. Does that make sense? Not like the most expensive. No. It's what's most useful and works practically for your application. Right, because you asked before, is it a mental intellectual capacity you have yeah well the guide has an entirely different educated per, he, he comes from an educated perspective with his gear you know what i'm saying uh-huh. and um right, right and so he's got a rain jacket that is good for riding horses because it doesn't snag break and tear you see what i'm saying and so he's developed his gear and so he would be at the top of that dial you know what I'm saying? So bad gear or wrong gear, fair gear, good gear, great gear, best gear, and guide gear. And on this hunt for me, I was expecting a, when I say me, I don't mean to put an emphasis on that. For the hunt I was on, I was expecting a horseback. So I would say that I had good gear. I have great gear for a horseback to maybe the best gear for a horseback. And I was reduced to good gear for a backpack does that make sense yeah so do you had some you had some question marks in your gear spindle because of because of what i was did uh, you have more than you wanted more than i wanted yeah on a backpack hunt i had more than i wanted i would have gotten rid of um i would have gotten rid of a knife I would have got rid of two battery chargers. I would have got rid of, um, you know, I was expecting to catch up with the horse in three to four days. Right. And, Which is, yeah. and, and so now you add an extra eight pounds to a 75-pound pack. So we weighed my pack before we went in. It was 39.68 as I remember it, somewhere in there, okay? Um, my rifle was the wrong rifle for this, but I yeah. thought it was going to be a horseback hunt. So ascending to the top of the mountain, no problem, okay? So I had a 9.8-pound rifle. I had my prairie rifle with me, which I like for long-range shooting because it's more stable, and you can get a better shot with it. You know, you're not tinkering with it, all right? It is less of building your approach with a heavier rifle than there is with a lighter rifle. So now, basically, I start my game at 50 pounds. So then I get there. Did you have water? Was that including your water? No. (laughs) <laughs> so then I get there, and um, I have a tent, okay, and um, and then I'm adding twenty eight meals, yeah, snacks, uh, twenty eight meals plus snacks, yeah, okay. So I'm adding another seventeen pounds in food, 
okay, five pounds in tent, all right, and then six pounds, maybe probably four because I went low. He said, why don't you carry one bottle of water, just your regular Nalgene because he had two for me, and he said, I'll run and get water. Right. So you're looking at 9, 17, 26. So I start my first moment up the mountain with 76 pounds on 53 years old in good shape. Yeah. For a hunt that I need to be in great shape. And this is, I I think this is the most, well, I don't think. This is the most ranked country I've ever hunted. It was rank. Yeah. Um, Now, I talked to Don today. And uh, I told him, because he's going in on this, I said, no, no, no problems. We're just going to be better organized. We'll communicate a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a bit of a grind by day five. Yeah. Um, I, I just, there's no way on day five I was going to do seven miles of side hilling a knife's edge. Because um, I, I showed you I was at 6,900 feet and Tombstone Mountain was the highest in the range at 7,400. <laughs> no, no, Tombstone Mountain. Yeah, wasn't it? It's 10 something. Oh, is it 10 oh, yeah. something? I checked before. Oh, it was serious. Before, because I wanted to make sure our dials were good. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. So, anyway, so from a gear perspective, that can change too. Mm-hmm. And you want to yeah. make sure that you have the right gear. Because I will tell you this my gear, the gear is what keeps you in the game. Yeah. But when, going in, you felt like you had the right gear going I, in. I did. But the situation on the ground changed under your feet. Right. And Literally. so. The, you know, so you you got to be able to roll with it. So, and physical, mental, and gear um, is a big part of it. And maybe we should add shooting ability because I think that's the one thing that the guide expects you to so be able to do is make the shot. So th- it's funny. It's the exact same elevation as uh, Terry Peak, seventy one ninety two. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. So. Wow. Is it exactly? <laughs> I, I thought so. I didn't want to correct you, but I no, because I, 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 I was, sure I, was I, I was at I showed you my thing. I was oh. at sixty four, oh, yeah. and I was only eight hundred shy of feet of the highest peak, and I thought it was that's deep. interesting because I was at sixty two when I came where I was expecting to take my shot. Right. And so you were at a high high point. I too. was because because well, Scott been, goes. Isn't so this cool? Because we're at the highest point we can see. Our, this is where I was wanted to get to the, the day before, but we got we had. That, that big storm came rolling. Well, the other thing that was interesting about our hunt, the sheep were at the tippy, tippy, tippy yeah. top because the week before yeah. it was 90 degrees, oh, 85 yeah. wow. degrees, wow. and smoke everywhere. Yep. And so between smoke, bugs, and heat, yeah. those sheep did not want to be anywhere on the side or in a bowl. They wanted to just be hanging out in the windiest little crevice they could be at the highest elevation to find the cool, you know, yeah. Um, and that's that's a fact. Yeah. So you start adding the elements to it. If you don't have the right physical understanding, you don't have the right mental understanding, and you don't have the right gear understanding, then it makes your hunt harder. Yeah. And um, and then success so, goes down. So for you, probably, what could you in in a better? This was a crazy year. We have, we were too busy before our sheep hunt. Mm-hmm. How much better shape could you be in, do you think? I, I like this. So let's go through, let's go through each 20, one of these speedometers. Yeah, that's what I want, that's what I want to start with. So um, shit shape, fair shape, good shape, great shape, best shape, sheep shape. If I would have been mm, – if I would have had my lungs under me and this respiratory issue fixed, 25% better shape, I would have been in great shape. And it would have – Help me this much. Yeah. 
It would have helped me when I have this much. I have, a, what, a quarter of an inch in my fingers. It would have helped me 15% more on the hunt physically right. get to where I needed to get to, which was expected to me because of my already uh, limited abilities because of my ankle and the weight. Because even if, let's say I would have been, let's say I rolled in there at 218 pounds. And let's say I'd have been 20, 25%. So you wanted to drop like 85 pounds. Fuck <laughs> you. Knew it was coming. I, yeah. I set myself up. Every time. So let's say I'd have lost another 10 pounds. Kid. <laughs> and let's say I would have lost another 10 pounds and I had 20% better lung capacity for my legs. Okay. It wouldn't have extended my hunt any further because that weight on my ankle, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> it, so it had nothing to do with mentally. I promised my son I wouldn't, you know, push myself mentally because my mind, you know, sheep hunting reminds me so much of CrossFit because they add a load and the load changes everything. Okay, do these. You're carrying these. Uh, kettlebells you know and you're going to carry 255s and you go 100 yards and back it's like well 100 yards and back you're just walking but now all of a sudden you got two it's just a whole different strain you know on your shoulder your traps now i will say this if i not, not to go back but if i would have been in 20 percent better shape and i would have been in great shape my lung capacity yeah and a little stronger legs my joy factor of this hunt mm. would have went up 20 yeah. percent too your adaptability to the changing conditions perhaps yeah, also. Yeah, because I was in my hurt locker in the morning getting my boots on, um, and maybe a little less hurt locker would have brought a little bit more yeah. joy. Yeah. But I still would have I still would have drawn the line at seven miles of knife edge. But you knew right. where the line was. Yeah. I st- I, I, in an 80-pound pack. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you saw my body. I'm black and blue. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm black and blue from beating myself up. Right. Wasn't mentally I couldn't continue to do right. it. So that's that's where I was. Um, what about you? You know what? I my I can get in better shape, and but it, that, that's a real limiting amount. What what would it added to you? The big thing that would have changed for me my mental aspect because like when we started and we burned four days going into a place. And as we started, I said, I have a question. Is there a reason that for 16 years, nobody's hunted these bulls? Right. And they were checking it out. And I was like, if you were in a little better physical shape, your mental uh, acceptance of it would have been a little bit different. No, it's just, I, I think I, I was, I was. So your shape really didn't have, cause you were in good shape. You didn't have, really didn't affect your hunt much. It didn't. I don't think yeah, it affected. I don't think, it, I, don't think it, I had enough horseback. Yep. And your that knees, I was good. And your knee is what your knee is. My knee is what my knee is. My your knee is my ankle. Yeah, it, my it, it's your faux pas. Yeah, my knee is. The other thing that did screw my knee a little bit. The only thing on my gear list that I is would your change, extra ninety pounds you have in your gut. I would. Uh, <laughs> I would bring my own scabbard, and I'm disappointed that I didn't bring my own scabbard. Well, we ordered some new ones. I'm disappointed they ain't here yet. Yeah, you should call him. I will. Time. As a matter of fact, I was going to call him today because that would have helped. Yeah. change my ride because mm-hmm. that that beats my knee up too that's on the gear side yeah. the gear that's the only thing on the gear side dial. and uh yeah so um physically you know I, I i would like to i used to live in sheep shape all year long yeah when you were 23 yeah when i was when i was much younger 
But uh, that's so. What about gear? So we got me- oh, let's do mental. Yeah. So uh, mental understanding in the hunt. Um, I had a great understanding of the hunt I was going into. I had a uh, some understanding of what I was getting into when it changed. So I went from a high on this dial down to low on this dial. <laughs> right. And then it was well, it was fluid on me in the fact that I wasn't expecting seventy six pounds with no, no packer. You, you got thrown a curveball that you were expecting to see a a little yeah, so league pitcher, lo- right? So listen, and you and you got a major league uh, insert <laughs> name of a freaking pitcher. Which and I, I don't still know and I still hit the ball. <laughs> but that's a big that's a big curve to be thrown. Hey, yeah. so, so but so, yeah. Yeah, so, and the other thing is, is I think it's important for people to understand that, like I said before, we're just being real honest. If you're going, whoa, you're, you're burying your outfit. I'm not burying my outfit at all. The thing has changed. It's just that people think uh, it, there's a the perception that well, I don't we're think the this is even agency. about the outfit. Yeah. This is about, this is going to be on every hunt. Now, uh, you know what? There's some, always some misses. You know what some of the biggest mental conundrums I've had on a hunt is those all dang day in a blind in November when it's 20 below zero. That's the most brutal mentally. Mm. That It's just like, oh, my gosh. As you, uh, as you say, it's a bunch of little people hitting you with a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> Hunting whitetail in Nebraska in November. Yeah, th- those were long, miserable days uh, mentally. <laughs> oh, boy. But, um, so it, doesn't, it, it depends on what, whatever the hunt is. Yeah. But – on, for that, I come prepared. I, I bring, you know, I, have, I might have two sets of earbuds charged where you can go with, you know, have some music on. I have a jet boil. I have a hot meal in, you know, because I'm, I'm like, okay. You know the creature comforts that you need to carry with you. Yep. Bring my quilt. You know, Brian brings a little freaking mini furnace and he has it going <laughs> on him all day. Which yeah, that's my body because it's such a physical specimen. <laughs> so I don't need all your keep me warm at night <laughs> But um, I but, just throw a little. I throw a little, you know, grass over me and fall but, asleep. But my point is, is uh, these are these are all go. three. Wait, these are on original. any hunt you go on. You're going to have these triads, and probably should add the shooting component too. Right. Really, we should have another circle with the shooting. But the physical on those Nebraska whitetail hunts, zero. Yeah, zero physical. Unless, unless uh, except and, and, except and, and, keeping warm. Yeah, unless that's and not that's, true. That's because the, that's where people can't mentally do it either. They don't have the right gear. They don't have the right, right mental understanding. And the physically, so they sit in there. They didn't get these three legs under their stool right. the right way. And we've seen people go, "Come get me." What? Yeah, come get me. It's ten o'clock in the morning. I'm done. I want out of this blind. I'll come back this afternoon and get me more heat, dude. And then at noon, 1 o'clock, in the middle of the Sandhills, those bucks are on their feet. And, yeah. yes, it's howling and it's 22 below zero. But guess what? Yeah. Sucker shows up and you're there with a rifle. But I would say it. these are the preparation points for all hunts. I, I agree with you. You know, on gear, gear is totally different. And on this that. is where you have the spin dial. Yeah. How far – where are you out on this dial? So bad, fair, good, great. Could gear – how, how would gear your gear list have changed? My gear. Could you have done any I was different? It, of the three people on my hunt, I was the best set up with gear. You were the guide gear. I had the guide gear. You you knew you were fine. I was other than your de- scabbard. Other than my scabbard, that's the only thing. And if I would have, the other thing is I have a, I have a different rain system that I a raincoat that I'll bring in a lot of times. Just right, leave so on it my doesn't horse. snag as much. Yeah, 
But I didn't. I didn't do that. I just because. I'll tell you of this though, that, that rain gear oh, is tough. unbelievable. Yeah, it was that, good. That that rain gear is tough. I was a little extra weight worth the weight. You know, it's um, always like, is the weight worth the? Well, I noticed. Is that your rain jacket or is that my rain jacket on your chair? I can tell you in two seconds. The one I got was a handful of years ago in Alaska, and the reason I know if it's mine or not is because mine is ripped. This is mine. Okay. Because I almost brought that one because of the weight. It's just too light, though. It, it, it you, would have you, been the wrong gear you for this hunt. Yep. You'd have been ripped to shreds. Yep. You'd have compromised. Um, yeah. So, no, I had I, – I actually, in hindsight, uh, my guide was on the struggle bus with his boots. You would have thrown a pair of your boots in. No, I was – my boots were perfect. My foot system, I can't tell you. My – Thank God, it Jim, was, thank God, Jim Winjum. Jim Winjum changed my life um, <laughs> on a podcast. Uh, yeah, Brad, call me. I'll get you. Maybe there's the Doppler gang. More than that, you remember when he we has two different sizes. I feeds. actually stopped in there in Missoula two weeks ago. Really, I did, and stopped in and said, "Hey, you should have said, hey. Yeah. Well, it's more <laughs> than did. that. Big, another big shout out to Jim and Stuart because when we stopped at their place. And they and they said and what size? Yeah, I don't. No, I don't, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, but they he he goes what size? Is, what size do you wear? And I go I think I'm. A, he goes okay. We're we're not gonna think. We're gonna find out. Right. But he didn't measure one of my feet. He measured both. He feet. measured both, which might have been the first time I've ever done that. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, Houston, we have a problem. That's your problem. That's why can, you're on the struggle can, bus. Right. You, you and. Yeah, I mean, you got some, <laughs> you have some problems. There's not a question. And, and I mean, it was but like he fixed them. Oh my gosh! And then here's what here's no, what he else. put a bandaid on all those problems are always going to be problems. <laughs> yeah, but you know how I usually do? I usually do my three wraps on my right foot. Well, I was still getting a hot spot. I was like, okay, timeout. I actually did a compede, one of the heel compedes on my right, and I did my three three strips of Luco tape. Perfect. Oh. My boot fit. Perfect. I was I was like on cloud nine. I was like so happy. Actually, I was thinking I was thinking about the Kenetrek team. I wanted to send them a high five mm. from up on top of the wow. mountain. Wow, that's neat. So that's cool. Because because we I carried a heavy pack. Yeah. Um, especially with sheep, you know, because yeah. I had eleven pounds. Eleven pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had eleven pound pack, and nine of it was his rifle. So and the other one's just his pack. How much was? Pack. No, I weighed yeah. my rifle, and I'm, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm my my prototype is gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have to make some adjustments. On it. <laughs> is that eight uh, pound scope that you had with you? No, no, no. Yeah. I didn't. I had I had my Mark Five. No, no my, I'm just kidding. My scope's perfect, but yeah. yeah um, no, gear wise, I was so dialed in. It was absolutely everything about it. Actually, my the the packer and the the guide, they're like, what pants are those? What boots are you wearing? Um, wow. Everything. They wanted everything I had. Wow. And actually, I left them a bunch of gear. Yeah. That's cool. So I got to tell you, um, uh, Brandon and I, we killed this. So we were above, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, but we were above, well above tree line. And we were setting up camp to live on that moose and to see if he came out. And in hindsight, that was probably stupid um, because we had to go down and hike back up 1,000 feet and then – Drop back down, but anyway, get our camp. So we uh, we go down and sit on this bench, and it's lightning right next to us. Yada yada yada, and uh, um, he has an old Badlands bino harness that goes plop plop flip flop open. 
And uh, yeah, they, they not saying anything bad no. about Badlands vinyl harness, but they suck. Anyway, well, and, uh, the and older ones. Actually, and I saw exactly because his best friend had is his it. mentor. Yeah. And he does the exact same thing. He has his binos in. And he puts his phone in. And then he puts his it. phone in. And I was like, ooh. So, so I was thinking, we, that could, yeah, be a problem. could be a problem. So we chase that down the be. mountain. <laughs> we get down. And I go get busting in. And there's a few limbs in front of me. But I, I got it. It's steep enough where I can get on my ass. I can shoot over the willows that are about eight, nine feet tall. And 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 there's a little window there, and he he did the right thing. He's amazing. I mean, he was just start snapping sticks in front of me, breaking them. He's like, good. And I go one more, and he reaches over way out, and he snaps it, and breaks it, and uh, he, it's like boom. So we go back up, we shoot the moose. Moose is dead. All high fives, joy. He's like, yeah, we're going crazy, right? Five days of crazy weather, physically, but beating your body up, and you just. Shot a stomper. Once in a lifetime moose, not a question. Right. Piebald carpet on its. It's an Appaloosa moose. It, it, 100% an Appaloosa moose. That's what he said when we walked up. He goes, it looks like a fucking Appaloosa. Oh, really? <laughs> so anyway, um, we get back up. We break our camp down. He goes to find his phone. He can't find it. And he's like, God, he's so mad at him. He's so mad at himself. He's almost as mad as I am when the top of my buggy flips off on my way to Montana and I get out and find and out. And you said fudge sickles like 27,000 times. Yeah, and so mad. If I could have taken my own hands beat the Ooh. myself, I would have. <laughs> so mother, pissed off. Mother of fudge. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I, we go bailing off the mountain, and I'm like, dude, he backtracked our steps, and in his mind, the only way it could where it could be because he ripped everything apart is it was it, it flipped out when he was snapping those sticks. We walked Good up there him, and we found it. It was right there, needle in a needle stack. Wow. You know, it was holy wow. smokes. Wow. So anyway, we found it, but uh, um, but yeah, talk about you know changing and and running with it. But you know, all those things are a part of a hunt. But we thought we'd you know bring this to you today because if you can have a good physical understanding and get prepared, if you have a good mental understanding, and get prepared. You have a good gear understanding and be prepared. Well, then those are the three things your guide and you can communicate together and get as close on this dial as possible. Okay. Um, and you can, the more honest with yourself, the better you are. You know, if you're in shit shape or bad shape, then just go, hey, I need to get to fair shape because I need to be in great shape for this. If you're in fair shape, you need to be in great shape. You got one level between you, good shape, and he's going to be in the best shape of his life. Then you probably are going to want to close that gap on that dial, you know? Uh, same way with the uh, mental understanding. No understanding, some understanding, fair, good, great. If, if you've never, uh, you know, um, hiked peaks and worked on steep, go find the steepest place you can. Well, how do I do that in Iowa? Stadium. Got, yeah, go stadium to stadium. Stairs. Better yet, you know what you do? Go to the Wapsie River. Go to the Cedar. Mm-hmm. Go, to, go to the go, – go to uh, – here's what you do. Schwamigan. Is there a steep place in the Schwamigan National Probably. Um, there probably is, but it's pretty boggy because that's in Wisconsin. Oh. But if you were in Wisconsin, you'd want to go down around La Crosse. Yeah. Get, get on the those – Get on anywhere there's a river, you're going to find bluffs and cliffs. And so then you know what? Find one that's 80 feet tall and start crawling up in the mud and and put a 40 pound pack on. And that's you're going to get there sheep hunting. Well, I didn't fall down. Well, there you go. You made it 60 feet. Well, you take 60 times five times eight, and uh, (laughs) you're sheep hunting. You know, do it eight, do it eight, ten Just times. Just find as many false summits as you can, and then oh, I had, mentally prepare oh yourself. I tell you what, we were sitting there the first day, and he goes, "You," uh, he goes, "I go right to there," and he goes, "Yeah, but I want you to know." I go, 
you don't have to tell me it's full summit. I already saw it from the air. And he goes, oh, you know it is. I'm like, we got two more fall summits coming. He goes, yeah. <laughs> so you just you just prepare for them. I right. mean, you don't set yourself up for mental failure. But anyway, and, uh, and then make sure you have the gear. Now, the other thing I can tell you, that's why you use a company like ours, and that's why we built the software the way we did. Because in that, uh, there's a hunt experience. And if you click on the dark header hunt experience on your um, in our catalog, it will tell you what elevation you're hunting. It'll give you you can look at videos uh, and you can look at pictures. If you go over to hunt experience, click on it and then go what the uh, uh, I just want to make sure this isn't a gentle, gentle rolling hill. Shape. Oh, and ours. You want to make sure there's integrity. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm checking it right now, man. I'm checking this. Because <laughs> if not, you're going to ask for a refund. Uh -huh. You, you ain't getting one. <laughs> you just killed an unbelievable fan and sheep. Right, I did. I'm super lucky. So anyway, um, yeah, you know, it, it's like this. Uh, Thomas Newman, he he landed in a camp and he got thrown a curveball. He did the right thing. He just called, you know, communication and preparation. There was a breakdown. One of our clients, and I, and good thing was is I was on the tarmac leaving Dawson City, and um, bells started going off. Eric did the right thing. He calls me. He goes, "Hey man, one of your clients is in a camp." There's been some miscommunication. There's a problem. Um, let's get this figured out. We got to figure it out. I, I landed an hour later. I called Thomas. Um, he he was uh, he reacted. You know the only way anybody react when he got to camp, and uh, um, we got it all figured out. Um, Blake Kramer, you know, um, big out sh shout out to Blake. Blake calls me up. He goes right before we left. Listen to a podcast. He goes, hey, listen, uh, you know what? I want to try to figure out my slam. Um, let's get that figured out. So he's starting his journey of communication and preparation. Craig Stevens, you know, Craig's like, hey, I, I, I need this is what I want to do every year. This is what I can do. I, I have six to seven years while my kids are going through school and I want to get this done and then we'll see where I'm at after that. And so he's getting a plan. And um, and these are th all three of those guys, whether it be Thomas Blake or Craig, they all are physically, mentally and gear-wise preparing themselves to have success. Yeah. And, and now if they can take that one element and start shooting a bunch, and, uh, you know, I told, I told Thomas, I, told, I said, hey, listen, you do the Iowa boys right here. You go kill the biggest damn animal in camp and hunt your nuts off. And he's, he's <laughs> laughing. We'll actually get him on a, um, we'll get him on a podcast. Yeah, we should. Actually, we'll get Blake, Thomas, yeah. and Craig. We, we totally we'll get all three of these guys. We should yeah. get all three of these guys. We should. Craig's a little bit not smart and, and not very good looking, but he's got the right looks. For, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally shitting with him. Craig's – I have to bust his ass because Craig comes in late to the Argali Club and everybody's like, oh, boy, he's going to be – including Brad's, like he's going to be on the struggle bus. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, he had the right coach and he's the right shooting because he has uh, the right attitude, approach, and application because by the time we caught up with the group, Truly, Craig just absolutely put the stomp down on everybody and, and just outshot yeah. them and kicked yeah. their ass. So. Yeah, he did amazing. He did amazing. was going to be a disaster. So, I, was, I was fearful. So and it was so fun, though. The other thing yeah. I got to tell you is why you need a DeLorem or a sat phone on your hunt is because John Burley, we're going to have him on. He just hunted with uh, – he was south of us in Yukon in a total doll sheep area. Uh, they have no color. He killed a 159-inch ram on day five. 
epic, epic hunt. We'll have him on. Um, wow. we'll, get, we'll get him on. Um, we had, we've had so much. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, David T. Williams on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's gone for 21, 26 days. And the only reason hunting. it's only 26 days is because <laughs> the, the other one that he booked fell through because they. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The, guy, uh, the guy's a legend, he, man. He is, he is legend. legend. Oh. Is he amazing oh, or what? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to just be gone. Because I was like, <laughs> 13 days in the wilderness. I'm like, dude, how are you hanging in there? He goes, yeah, everything's awesome. The only crappy thing is I'm out of dude wipes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, so, but I'm back to town soon. I'll grab some of them and on to my next. So speaking of your, <laughs> so one of the guys had a different system than the ones that we use. And he had trouble with it for multiple reasons. One, he almost lost but his Qualified form. different systems. Well, we got our, our in-reaches. Oh, Oh, yes. Or, or our Iridium sat phones, right? So we're all off the Iridium network. He ran something different. And he left his phone. He did the same thing. And, and I'm, I'm still yeah. – I'm, I'm in dad mode, so I always do the last check, right? And I was like, is this your phone? He's like, oh, my gosh. This was on the second day. Well, his system had trouble communicating with the sat phone, the Iridium sat phone, the uh, – um, Delorms, the garments. So he wasn't getting messages through or back all the time. And the other thing that was interesting about his is he couldn't type off of his. He was totally dependent on the phone, which um, to me appears to be a weak, a a potential weakness in the system. Hmm. Phone goes down or something. You're so you're screwed. So that morning, I I made sure and input everybody else's. Iridium address, which is a pain in the butt for me because I got to go on my Delorme and I had to type it in on the Delorme, which is slower and molasses, but still doable. Yeah, yeah, and he, reliable, right? The Del- Delorme, no, and we are a Garmin dealer, just what everybody knows. Um, we'll have them in all our pro shops, all adventure hubs across country. We are a Garmin dealer, so uh, give us a shout. But you know what? If you're needing one of those, but honestly, you know what? The best thing you can do is um, over communicate. You're booking a hunt. I don't care. Like you said, Brad, th- this applies to any hunt you do, right. any fishing trip you do, believe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You can use this, these dials, physical, mental, and gear uh, to the ability. And you We know, really need a shooting one, too. Uh, we do need – you know, we could put shooting Four. on there. We could put a casting one on there for fishing. Oh, I be, yeah, because, absolutely. Because, you know, if, if, if you yeah. don't know how to cast and you're not going to get in there, and you know. They, yeah, but, but that could fit under the intellectual, mental thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe learning skills. That kind of thing. I think the the big thing I asked my guy uh, first night. I go. He goes. What's the biggest Achilles heel on your last hunt? He goes. Uh, we missed a sheep on the day one. Oh. And then I go day one. He goes day one. Right now we cracked our first bull. There was three rams and we missed a sheep at three hundred thirty yards. Shot him three times. Shot him three times. Next day we went on. Shot at him or shot shot at him, at him three, three times. times. Next day we went to two more bulls, couldn't find it, went back to see if we could find that sheep, found him on the backside of the bull, killed him day four. I said, wow. He goes, yep. I go, you have that a lot. He goes, shooting. It's, it's, it's you know, um, and uh, – I think the more you shoot, the more stressful positions you put yourself in shooting. A lot of guys just go down to the bench. Our shooting school teaches uh, we add an element of competition. We had an element of hurry up. We had an element of, hey, we've got to get this shit done. Where are you at? What's going on? You know, you look at uh, you look at a guy like Brian Wolf, and, um, I, you know, I'm not saying he was a bad shot. Uh, 
when he got started. I'm not saying that. But Brian Wolf, outside of Dave Cooley, God rest his soul, until he passed away, uh, Brian Wolf's probably the guy who's came to the most shooting schools. Would you agree with that? Prepared himself to put himself in the highest chance of success. If I'm an animal, yeah. I don't want to be standing within 700 yards yeah. of that son of a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? He's putting a hole in it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if he's sitting. It doesn't matter. He's ready in any circuit. You look at what he did at the shooting school at the Argali Club. He was the quiet, confident cornerstone, wasn't beaking off, laid down, boom, laid down shot, boom. You just, I just watched him through the whole course. Didn't, didn't, it, the only thing he'd walk by once in a while and say, what do you got for wind on that? Is it bad? And I'd say this, and he was like, boom, that's what I was thinking. Boom, lay down, shoot. He, he doesn't need to say nothing. But that confidence has been built by competence in hours and hours and hours of shooting. Yep. I mean, and he trusts his equipment. Yep. And so I, you're right. We could add a whole circle on that, but we talk about that all the time. Right. The, I, to me, these were just the three legs of matching the hunter of the hunt that laying in the tent on day five with a dead animal down there, um, knowing I had two days of packing and butchering. Um, and uh, we made the best out of an unbelievable uh, location and a great hunt. Um, and having got the DeLorean from you six hours later that you got a Ram, um, I was like, these are elements that we should talk about because this is not a guarantee and things change all the time. Yeah, so Outfitters funny. lose guides. They have people quit. Yeah. They lose backers. Are you prepared to make the most out of what you're going in to do and how do you equip yourself with that? I would say get as high on these three dials as you can and, and, and go with it. Right. Thoughts. That's good. Like I told, uh, I think, what was it, Rob, the guy that was set by on the plane, you'll never be upset because you wasted too much time getting in good shape. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, be in the best shape you can be. Just get, you know, that that's something you can control. Yeah, go let it rip. Mentally, you know, be in the best mental perspective that you can be. That's that's something you can control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and to do that, just understand what you're going into, yep. you know. Um, you got to be a little flexible and a little, you know, not every – for you and myself, things changed like on this last hunt. The, the guide I had was probably one of the best guides I've ever had. Yeah. I told you that. Yep. Probably personality-wise, for 90% of the people, it would be hard to get along with. Probably you got along with him really well, didn't you? I did. Very similar – because when I, I was could younger, see you guys, I could see you being a 23-year-old version of that maybe. I was. I was an angry – and I'm not saying he was angry on the outside. I was just driven, quiet, F you, I I'm going to get I this I think done. he's happy in his isolated little space. Hunter, and I was too. In, yeah. North, in, in Schwamigan National Fort in yep. northern Wisconsin. Because you noticed like when we did get back to camp. He wasn't around. First thing he could do is get away from everybody. Yep. And I don't think he – it's not like he disliked him because he loved Jake. No. I mean, they're best friends. Yeah. Jake Jake was three-quarters of a person without him. You could tell. I was like, oh. But the, not, but not the, in a bad but way. But the I mean, point he was just, is, is you got to go in right. and be willing to, uh, be, be you know, mirror a little bit of the element yeah, you're right. in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, um, be reflective of the situation. So yeah. Yeah. My guide was super yeah. good, dude. 
Anyway, well, we, hey, I hope everybody listening, this helps. We really, really do appreciate you listening. Big out, shout out to everybody. We're over 50,000 listeners. Um, that is a huge, huge, huge thing for us. I would appreciate it if you could do me one small favor, which you owe me nothing, and you don't owe me a favor, but if you'd, if you'd go share this with your best hunting buddy, with somebody that's an outdoor enthusiast, we sure would appreciate it. Um, here's what we do. We don't, we don't take any sponsorships, and we do work with great companies like Leupold and Kings, and we got a cryptic relationship that we're going to be working on. We work with Buck Knives. They Badlands Rifle. Badlands company. Rifle Company, big bands. And the, my Badlands Rifle was flawless, a little heavy, um, but I, I designed it that way. Be getting a new one. But anyway, my point is, we don't, we, we don't get, we don't take a nickel for this. I, and that's bleep. Am I lying? No. No, no, you're right. We we don't. And so, if you could go ahead and share this and uh, just uh, let people know, it it helps us with our success because one thing it does do that we've noticed and we appreciate from the bottom of our heart is the fact that you guys become members when you listen. And you support us through having us do your applications and take advantage of our membership service and our booking. And we're having an unbelievable year, and that wouldn't be that way without this podcast, without you listeners, and without all our members. And I just want to take my hat off and put it in my hand and humbly say thank you for your business. We appreciate it, and we appreciate genuinely appreciate bringing this to our 100%. audience. Hundred percent, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and look it, it truly to is. It and we enjoy the interaction. <laughs> we do every week. We yeah. look forward to it, and uh, um, sometimes I don't look forward to seeing. Brad Bad, but but that's you know it is what it is so <laughs> always that <laughs> that's just because you gave me a nasty cold that i got on a sheep hunt. yeah Thank you got you. my respiratory oh. issue that i've had since i got back from hunting ooming muck um anyway uh so Thank you in advance for sharing this, letting other people know about it. We greatly appreciate it. One other thing, go on over to rollingbones.com. Go to rollingbones.com. Um, check out our ever-growing gear list um, and what we're doing there. We're putting more and more all the time. If you're in need for gear, go ahead, uh, check us out. We sure do love uh, helping people get the right gear and giving you a membership price. And uh, if not, even if our membership price isn't a huge discount, I can tell you one thing. I know for sure that people who put all those packages together every day are throwing candy in them. So there's a special little note and some candy in every package that goes out. And uh, we really do appreciate that also. But go over to rollingbones.com. And check out our membership, whether it be uh, um, whether it be one state or unlimited states or advanced application strategies. We have you covered. We can help you. We have the best staff between Eric and Colton and Braden and Bleep and uh, Sophie. Sophie and Ben um, and uh, Lindley and I and Brad are proud to bring you uh, this company every day. Wake up and offer you the best in the industry. So once again, thank you. Stay safe. Be healthy and happy hunting. <laughs>